Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is a big episode. Uh, let's see. I want to cover just a couple of brief geopolitical things. Turns out, first, that the Prime Minister of Italy uh, has sort of turned out to be exactly who I suspected and who a lot of people, of course, suspected. And as I said before, if you find yourself in front of a camera and you're a politician and people vote for you, you're selected. You're not actually voted in, per se. These people are picked to be thrust in front of the public eye, and then the public, again, votes on people who say the right things and XYZ. This is a woman who has ties to Freemasonry, and it's a woman who has openly come out, even in her Twitter posts very recently, as of two days ago or three days ago, uh, supporting Zelensky and Ukraine 100%. Not to mention there's endless video of her bouncing around the internet of her supporting vaccine passports uh, and things of that nature. So, you know, I got to tell you, th that's the next leap of awakening that people have got to make. They have to understand that there's no way that a leader of a country like that shows up and does everything correctly all of the time without having hooks in them or bribes associated with them or blackmail or money or you know whatever it is there's just no way so again all of this fanfare regarding the the prime minister of italy i'm telling you it's that th that's all that it is it's just fanfare and and people have got to start to understand that it always goes deeper than that again i don't live there i don't know all of the specifics but as i've said on social media when you all when, when you only see Two polarizing opposite takes. You have to understand that there's probably a middle road also that's equally as nefarious. And that it's quite possible, again, that individuals on both sides have their hooks in her. So either way, you know, time, time is going to continue to tell as to what really goes on there. But for every good thing that maybe she does, there could be two bad things that happen behind closed doors that people aren't going to find out about until later on down the line. So with that said, I'll just move on here to some education-related things as well, and I have definitely a couple of jab-related things I want to I get to also. Uh, one of them was from back in January of this year. It's a really interesting study that has to do with student-athletes, so to speak, at the middle school and high school level and communicating with their coaches both pre- and post-vaccination. Among, among these apparent student-athletes, and Sicily sent this my way, uh, and it's a Substack article. Again, very interesting. It's, it's very familiar, too, so I'm wondering if I didn't bring it up in the past, but even if I did, it's certainly worth revisiting because this is going to be an ever-present thing, of course, that's going to continue to occur. Um, I also saw the other day, and I got to tell you, this stopped me dead in my tracks. My jaw was wide open. I was speechless. I was watching the Weather Channel uh, propaganda rollout regarding Hurricane Ian, which is a, a, a complete, <laughs> it's a complete other story in itself. And I put a lot of those images up on my gab uh, regarding the Weather Channel, first of all. I mean, it's just an abomination. It, it was not a Category 4 storm. I know it was bad. The flooding was bad. I'm well aware. In fact, it made landfall where I used to teach school, right where I used to live in Punta Gorda, Florida. I know the area very well. Um, I, I, I understand that there's a lot of flooding and damage. I get it. It's a serious storm. I get it. The problem is, is that the Weather Channel engages in a level of propaganda on a constant basis regarding these storms and just stokes the flames of, of, uh, of fear as much as they possibly can. They love making everybody fearful. It's insane. I mean, you had Jim Cantori standing in, a, in the entrance to a parking garage in Punta Gorda, in downtown Punta Gorda, and he's standing there, and he's, hard, you know, he's doing that thing where he hardly stands. You know, he's making it look like he's leaning into the wind, and that's the only way he can stand up. And then he casually walks off. Uh, not struggling to, to stand up at all or let alone walk, not to mention he's in a tunnel. 
So it's going to look like it's worse than it was if he was just standing outside normally minding his own business in the middle of the street. But, you know, they got to get the most dramatic uh, pictures that they can and, and so on and so forth. But again, I'm not saying it wasn't bad. It certainly was. But the, the Weather Channel is, is government propaganda. That's the whole point. And of course, the number manipulation was insane. I mean, the sustained winds were something like in, in the 70s. And then they were saying, but gusts are up into the, you know, up into the 80s, 80 mile an hour gusts. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If the wind is consistently in the 70s or even hits 80 miles per hour, a, a gust is just going to be a little bit more than that. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bashing anybody who experienced the storm. That's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the hypocrisy of the Weather Channel. I mean, they're the worst. They are the enemy. They're still the media. They're, they're government-funded, and uh, they're an abomination. So, you know, they got caught yet again, and they get caught in all of these storms lying, lying right through their teeth on a constant basis. So, yeah, the next time there's a storm, again, turn on the Weather Channel and just watch the lies. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But as I was watching the Weather Channel, this is what had my mouth open, and, and just I, I had no words. It was a Walgreens commercial. And it is the worst commercial I have ever seen, ever in my life. I've seen some bad ones. I've seen some funny ones. I've seen some stupid ones, whatever. This was the most tasteless and the, and the, the commercial that was written with the most lies I think that I've ever seen, in particular in the last couple of years. We know that a lot of the mask-wearing and jab-taking commercials have all been terrible, and they all have. But this one was flat out advocating for the murders of countless people. And I'm going to play it for you later in this episode. You know, the other, the other commercial, which you've heard me comment on before, and I remember it from, I believe, back in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. I certainly saw it in 2021. But it was a Nike commercial. And it's just, it's one, it's one of those commercials that will never not be ingrained in my mind. And it was uh, a, a, just a morbidly obese black woman running at full speed, wearing a mask on her face. And it just said, just do it. You know, the Nike logo and the Nike slogan. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. Uh, she's going to die. <laughs> I mean, she's too big to be running that fast, number one. And she's wearing a mask. I mean, what is wrong with these people? They're nuts. They've lost it. I mean, this is the propaganda. It's remarkably thick, and it's still thick, and it's not letting up. It's getting worse and becoming way more blatant. But I'm going to play that commercial for you later. In fact, it's so bad. I'm going to link it in the description below because I ended up finding it on YouTube. It took me a little while, but I found it. And uh, I'm going to link the website in the, again in the description below because you, you've got to see this commercial. You have to see it. There's no way you won't be speechless at the end of it. It's just nuts. Okay, and then I've got a few other jab-related things as well. Again, the CDC has overhauled their mask mandates in hospitals and nursing homes. Yeah, joke's on them. It never worked in the first place. Okay. Uh, this first one, a couple of things from Michigan. I meant to bring this up a while back, and Jesse James tossed this my way, but regarding the Oxford school shooting that took place with Ethan Crumbly, apparently. Two of these school board members have now resigned. And we were talking back and forth about what that meant. And it means a variety of things, frankly, when, when school board members just resign, certainly at the beginning of a school year, but when they still have time remaining as an elected official. Uh, they, they don't want to be at the forefront of these investigations. And I'm certain that some of them are being sued. Not to mention, as you heard in a previous episode a while back, it could have been even been a year ago, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But Jesse James and Sandy from Michigan were on, and we were talking about all of the money that made its way into the Oxford area of Michigan after that shooting and all of the different organizations that were responsible for, for donating money and then collecting all of this money and then allegedly even taking it from the GoFundMe pages that were for the actual parents of the four students who were killed there 
and then how that money was going to be distributed. Uh, it's just too much money is changing hands. Too many hands are, are in the cookie jar again. I'm certain that these school board members got a cut of that money. And now that they've been paid, they're gone. Uh, it, it's also pretty evident, I think, that they would probably take the stance, and I think they said it publicly, at least one of them, that uh, that they didn't want to be on the school board while the active investigations were taking place against the schools and their policies because it would create too much turmoil within the school district and they wouldn't be able to effectively do their jobs. And so, you know, they're, <laughs> it's pathetic, but they're always trying to take uh, the high ground, so to speak, regardless of how false it is and how false their statements are. But they had absolutely no problem saying, well, you know, it's it's for the community and it's best for the community because we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we would be doing our jobs effectively and we don't think that we can. So, you know, we can't walk and chew gum at the same time and we don't, uh, you know, we have lots of things to hide. So we don't want to participate in uh, being a school board member while an active investigation is taking place against us. It's pathetic. It's beyond pathetic. And this right here should tell everybody their lack of commitment to what they're actually doing. And they're trying to run from the building that is on fire as fast as humanly possible. They want nothing to do with it now. They helped bring it down. Their bad policies that they all introduced helped crumble the entire thing. But now they're going to run away and act like they had nothing to do with it. Um, it blows me away. He also sent me this too, Jesse James did, and this again comes from the Detroit Free Press, and it's titled, Tense Rallies in Dearborn Amid Debate Over LGBTQ Books. You apparently even have Muslims out there holding signs that are criticizing the school district and the school boards out there regarding their perverse books. I find it interesting. I just think the whole thing is interesting. I suppose that you know that things are that bad in a school district when it comes to the perversions that are being pushed out, that almost every religious sect comes out against what the school board is doing. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I know that Dearborn is a massive Muslim population, a high illegal alien population as well. I mean, there are a lot of places like that around, but cer certainly in Michigan, that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. I would just strike it up as being more evidence of the collapse. Absolutely more evidence of the collapse. And, and this too, I think, highlights a bigger picture, which is one of the motives of many of these administrators, of course, and school board members is to just always be people pleasers. They always try to be people pleasers. The people in those very positions, many of them, not all, but many, are always in the business of, again, trying to spin those plates and please as many of those people as they possibly can. And it's impossible. It's an impossible task. They cannot do it. You can't please everybody all of the time and expect to succeed in doing the one thing that you're actually there to do. It's uh, it's incredible. It's embarrassing, I think. And it again, it's just more proof of the collapse. And speaking of the collapse, of course, he also sent me this, and this was something I even heard regarding the school that my niece and nephew attend very quickly with their school. One of the things that one of their elementary schools is experiencing is, again, it's, it's very small. And and someone would view this as being insignificant, but it's not. It's a it's a it's a little light on a situation that matters because if you can see this one thing crystal clear, you can see endless other things, and you know it's happening countless other places. Apparently, the crosswalk individual, the person who you know walks the students across the street to and fro uh, from the building, you know, again across the street from from where the building is to make sure the children don't get hit by cars, if not their own school buses. Uh, this cross guard is, uh, crosswalk guard rather, is, is sick on a constant basis, uh, if not dead at this point. And now the school principal themselves is taking up the position of the crosswalk person. Not to mention, again, that's just one small thing, but it's interesting nonetheless, I think, 
But there's an even bigger issue, which has to do with their consistent early days. Apparently, they're having within their school district multiple early days. This is, this is something new. And apparently the reason that this is the case is because there's a massive shortage in bus drivers, which is disrupting the complete bus routes that these school districts would normally take, again, when things were the way that they used to be before all of the COVID lies and you know the totalitarian takeover of everything and the rules and this, that, and the other. And you've heard me speak about bus drivers that some, you know, a lot of these bus drivers in particular, some of the most based individuals you'll ever meet. They don't want to wear the mask. They don't want to take the shots. They're not interested in playing the game. And they don't want to be yanked around on a constant basis uh, and have their schedules disrupted just because the school district wants to change their schedules at the drop of a hat. They don't like being abused, many of them. And I mean, good for them, rightfully so. But having multiple early days, multiple times a week, because again, you know, you have a, you have a massive bus, uh, bus driver shortage. I, I think that's, that's new territory. That's new territory. And having listened to their School board meetings in the past, they're consistently mentioning their shortage of bus drivers, and then they kind of laugh it off. They say, well, you know, make sure that if you want to be a bus driver, you can always contact us. And then they kind of look at each other and they all kind of chuckle, and then that's it. It's a nervous laughter because it's their own policies that are crushing their own business. And like I've said a million times, they have no idea what they're doing. They will never blame themselves for what they've done here. So let me then mention this. And again, Jesse James sent me this, and this is remarkably telling too. This comes from the Oakland and Macomb counties in, uh, in Michigan. And it's titled, it's a, it's a help wanted poster basically, but it's titled Safe Ed LLC. It says help wanted for a safe and secure learning environment. It says Safe Ed LLC is hiring security monitors to work in our schools. It says we currently have openings for full and part-time personnel serving public six public school districts in Oakland and Macomb counties. It says starting pay is $15 to $17 per hour. Other benefits also offered. It then says no experience necessary. We will train you. It then says full-time and part-time substitute positions available. And then it says contact SafeEd. There's a QR code for more information. There's their phone number, blah, blah, blah. Safe-ed.net. Let me work this backwards real quick. First of all, this entire thing is embarrassing. Where it says full-time and part-time substitute positions available, there's no such thing as a full-time substitute. That's called a full-time employee. The reason that they're asking for full-time substitutes is because they don't have the teachers. So they will classify them as a full-time substitute so that they don't have to be certified in anything. And then they'll take over. They'll be making a substitute salary on a day-in and day-out basis, perhaps for an entire year. And then they'll offer them a job at the end of the year if they want it. But then they'll tell them, of course, well, you have to get certified and maybe you should go through our training process and whatever else. So there's no such thing as a full-time substitute unless there's just no teachers, which means, again, there's no teachers. It says no experience necessary. We'll train you. Well, there you have it. Like I've said in the past, they're not interested in people who know things. They're interested in bodies. They just want bodies. They want people who have a pulse. That's it. And $15 to $17 per hour. Again, that's about half of what a starting school teacher would make, give or take. Um, that's, not, that's not good. And again, what does this mean? Are, are some of these individuals just going to be walking the hallways? Again, no experience needed, but you're just going to be walking the hallways and... and uh, you know, we really don't care who you are, and you'll probably have to pass a background check. But even so, if you're a predator, please come on in, because clearly our environment is filled with minors, and you'll have your uh, pick of the litter, so to speak. These kinds of organizations disgust me. Safe Ed. 
net. I just think it's gross. I think this whole thing is gross. It's a terrible patch job on a failing system. I think we can expect to see more of this in multiple districts. And yeah, I mean, they've got to cover their tracks the best that they can. And that's just one of the ways that they're attempting to do it. So keep an eye out on that, to say the least. Okay, here's another one. This comes from Citizen Free Press. Pretty good website. Lots of, lots of solid information here. I want to play this YouTube video because this is disgusting. So very quickly, in Virginia, the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, has basically reversed everything that Foghorn Leghorn Ralph Northam the former governor, the uh, abortion, uh, you know, abortion activist and pro-abortion guy who wanted to kill babies long after they were born. He's basically, Glenn Youngkin has basically reversed all of the, uh, whatever you'd want to call it, the LGBT agenda, the transgender agenda within their schools. Again, you have to use the bathroom of your biological sex. What a, what a strange concept. And uh, again, basically telling teachers that they don't have to use nicknames or pronouns of these particular students. You just call them by their names. Pretty simple stuff. But again, this is what this is what the crazy people are trying to fight against. You know, when when you lose the battle of common sense, everybody loses. And unfortunately, that's one of the things that's taking place here because you have people, students and staff alike, who have no common sense. And they're actually protesting Governor Glenn Youngkin and, and what he's done with this policy by, you know, allowing people to use the bathroom of their own biological sex instead of just wandering around and, again, using whatever bathroom a person feels like using on that particular day, depending on how they identify. Uh, I'm going to play this local Channel 9 CBS affiliate here. Uh, YouTube video of of them. <laughs> this is beyond embarrassing, too. And they're co well, they're covering the story is what they're doing. And they decide to talk to one student. Again, I don't know if they're a middle school or a high school student. I can't really tell. I assume it's a girl. Uh, and they claim to be transgender and came out as transgender. Uh, with their with their parents, and it's evident that this individual is clearly not well. It looks like they walked into the bathroom and took uh, a pair of their parents' scissors and cut their hair off. They decided to dye it purple. And this is the person that apparently they decided to talk to. This was the student who apparently is, uh, you know, the one struggling to figure out where they belong. On top of that, it says 100 schools are participating in teacher-led walkouts. So you have teachers and students all participating in these walkouts because, oh, wow, they're going to show Governor Yunkin. They're going to show him up. This is, this is embarrassing. And again, before I play this audio, let me break this down just a little bit more. This is a perfect snapshot of the very thing you've heard me say before. You cannot do such a thing and expect to be taken seriously. This is why the literacy rates in our country are rock bottom. This is why common sense is at an all-time low. This is why accurate curriculum is not taught, because it is an absolute circus in these environments. It's a circus. You know, I was listening to Dr. Robin McCutcheon on Jesse James's podcast, The Dangerous Info Podcast, the other day, uh, this past Monday. She brought up a couple of horrific stories that, that I haven't heard her say when she's been on my show, which is one in particular. She teaches, of course, juniors and seniors at Marshall University in the subject of economics in the business department. Uh, she, she talked about how students can't read. And they don't read well. And they don't read out loud very well. And, and I mean, these are the students that are the products of these kinds of K-12 environments. So in one breath, some of these schools will say, well, we're not activists. And yet, they're, they're, they're pounding the pavement, holding up their signs, waving their rainbow flags. And they're doing everything that they can to 
you know, stick it to the governor because, you know, I'm a boy, but I identify as a woman and I want to pee next to a girl. I mean, this is the kind of thing that homeschooling families are laughing their tails off at. You've heard me say this also, and I've said it a thousand times on Gab, and I'm going to keep saying it. K-12 schools will be, they already are, but they will be, if they continue to exist in any capacity, they will only be for special education, the handicapped, and the uncivilized. That's it. They're only going to exist for those groups of people. I think in some capacity, some buildings have to remain. But if this is all that they're going to be teaching them, to engage in political walkouts and whatever else, I mean, they're teaching generations of people who are unemployable. These people are not smart enough to start their own businesses. They all think they can be YouTube stars. They can't because no one's going to pay for their crap. And no one's going to hire them because they have no experience. They have no brains. They don't know what's going on. If they were to walk into an interview and talk about their previous education experience and the things that they participated in, this is the kind of crap they would have to say. And the vast majority of logical businesses that have any money would kick them out of the door. In fact, they'd probably look at their resume and they'd laugh at it and throw it, you know, throw it in the trash before even making a phone call for an interview. It's embarrassing, but this is part of the full-blown destruction of this country because if you can crush future generations and brainwash them into believing endless things that aren't real, that their biological sex doesn't matter, you control them. For, you, I mean, you just control them and brainwash them for the rest of their lives. And like I read in that previous Substack article from the beginning of the week, you know, uh, these are the very individuals that support anxiety, depression, suicide, and high crime rates. Because that's what this confusion is all creating. So let me play again the local affiliate news report here on all of these schools and uh, staff members and students all protesting Governor Yunkin and his reversal of Ralph Northam's policies that uh, were absolutely ridiculous. So give this a listen in three, two, one. In just a few hours, thousands of students throughout the state of Virginia will start to walk out of school. They're protesting Governor Glenn Youngkin's plan to reverse protections for transgender students. And our team has been speaking with some of the students organizing that walkout. Jess Arnold joins us live from James Madison High School in Fairfax County with more on their plans. Jess, what are they saying about this walkout? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, well, close to 100 schools are participating in it. They are hoping their goal with doing this walkout is they want the Virginia Department of Education to revoke those draft policy changes that they put out just about 10 days ago. And they also want school districts throughout the Commonwealth to reject these policies. They say the previous policies that were just recently adopted were meant to protect their rights, protect their peace and learning in schools. And this does the opposite of that. It puts that in jeopardy. You know, actually, under Governor Northam, Virginia passed a law requiring districts to protect transgender students' rights, which caused controversy in places like Loudoun County. We reported on that extensively. These proposed model policies basically reverse that. They're essentially out-closeted teens to their parents, cut transgender students off from bathrooms and sports teams that match their gender identity, and force teachers to use the names and pronouns in their school records. Now, Governor Glenn Youngkin bills this change as a parents' rights issue, which was a major platform in his campaign. That's why the student-led Pride Liberation Project organized this walkout. Again, I said it nearly 100 schools throughout the Commonwealth. Ranger Ballison identifies as transgender will be one of the ones protesting. He says he's been out in school for a while, but only recently came out to his parents, which was difficult. He says the new policies would have required schools to tell his parents before he was ready. This is truly not a parents' rights issue. This is um, an intentional means of harming trans students. I want to go to my calculus class. I do not want to be um, fighting for my rights. 
Now, districts throughout Northern Virginia, including Fairfax County Public Schools, have already put out memos saying that they will continue to protect students' rights. But of course, these students want that to be the case throughout the entire Commonwealth. There's actually a 30-day comment period that is open now. You want to just go to the story online on WUSA9.com. You can check that out for yourself. Now, we're going to be out here all morning covering the walkout here, so we'll have an update for you later today. For now, though, I'll send it back to you. Jess Arnold reporting live. Thank you. Now, this has a lot of people talking, so let's verify what this policy actually says. We went straight to the memo and the model policies from the Virginia Department of Education. After a 2020 law requiring schools to adopt policies addressing issues facing transgender students, the DOE says the 2022 changes have a goal of asserting parental rights on the matter. The model policy would require staff to refer to the student only by their official legal name or associated nickname and the gender and pronouns coinciding with a child's sex, which also would determine the locker rooms a student must use and the sports teams for which the student could participate. A parent could submit official changes regarding their student's name and gender identity to a student's official record, and districts would also be banned from issuing any guidance or policy allowing teachers and counselors to keep information related to a student's gender identity hidden from their parents. First of all, I think that Channel 9 News there, WUSA in Virginia, they are responsible for a lot of this nonsense also. They had an opportunity there, but, you know, they missed it. And I understand they're trying to play nice because they don't want to lose their jobs. But if you're interviewing a kid who is a girl who goes by the name Ranger and has cut their hair off like a psycho, in their bathroom again with their parents' scissors. I'll show you, mom and dad. And then they cut their hair and what, I'm trans. I go by the name Ranger. You heard the, you heard the news affiliate say that it's a boy. He was what they said. I mean, honest to God, I'd have looked at them and said, so you're trans. And they'd have been like, yes. I would have said, no, you're not. No, you're not. What's the name on your birth certificate? Because you look like a girl. Of course, that would drive them into trying to look more like a boy, even though they don't. And then I would, I would just look at them and I'd just say, what, is, what, what the hell is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You're a girl. You don't have a penis. See how that works? That means you're a girl. And if they were my kid, you know, go to your room. Go to your room. A kid of mine, again, don't have children, but if I did and one of them showed up to me and was like, Dad, I'm trans. First of all, that'd never happen. Second of all, if it did, go to your room. <laughs> That's the first thing. I mean, all of it would be impossible with me because I wouldn't send them to a public school where they would actually learn all of this nonsense about cutting off their genitals and, you know, hating their parents and whatever else. But honest to God, go to your room. And then we're going to get you a tan, and I'm going to throw your ass in a tanning bed because you look as white as a ghost. And this ranger kid, who I'd love to know their real name, it's probably like Amy or something like that. Uh, you know, they, they, they look like they've been inside all summer long. Honest to God. And then I'd throw them in the car, and we'd go to a hair salon, and I'd have them dye their hair their natural color instead of this purple nonsense. I'd throw that purple sweater away, too, that she was wearing that matched her hair color, because you know that was done on purpose. Probably wears the sweater every single day, just so they match. It's mental illness, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's just mental illness. It's that, it's that simple. It is a categorized mental disorder in DSM-5. Gender dysphoria is a mental disorder. There's no way around it. Categorized mental disorder. But nope, the news affiliate plays the game and we'll be here covering the protest. Okay, good for them. Homeschool your children. Honest to God, if you think for a minute that that environment sounds like an environment where any learning is taking place, you are sorely mistaken. Okay, now what I want to do is this. I want to play the Walgreens commercial that had my jaw on the floor. I had to quite literally pick it up, reattach it, Roll my tongue back into my mouth like the old cartoons. 
And uh, yeah, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm probably going to bounce in and out or at least describe it. But like I said, I'll link it in the description below. Some of it may be a little tough to hear, but it's one of those commercials, of course, where you have to actually see it. You have to visualize what's going on along with what you're actually hearing. It is an absolute abomination. So here's that commercial in three, two, one. So, how many vaccines have you given to people? Me? About a thousand. Walgreens? Millions. No way can I miss her big debut. With your booster? I think you'll be there. For every twirl. Got a shot so my sister won't get sick. Way to go, big bro. So while we're here, flu shot as well? Let's do it. When you need to talk vaccinations, our pharmacists are here. Okay, so it of course ends with Walgreens. Schedule your free COVID-19 vaccine and flu shot today. At the bottom of the screen throughout the entire commercial, it says actor portrayals. And then at the bottom of the screen at the end, it says no cost to you with most insurance or government assistance vaccines subject to availability. State age and health related restrictions may apply. The first, the first individual, clearly the implication is that she is in the health-related field because she's being asked, how many vaccines have you given? And she goes, thousands. How, but Walgreens, they've given out millions. Well, you're both murderers. You're both murderers. That's the first thing. Again, the booster shot, the booster shot, Dad. It's just terrible. You'll be there for every twirl with your booster shot. No, the only twirling that's going to happen is the dad having a stroke and a seizure as he spins around in a circle before hitting the ground. That's what the booster shot's going to do to the dad. The next thing is, again, I got it so my little sister will be safe, or whatever that kid said. It's that old yarn of, I'm getting it to protect you. Couldn't be further from the truth. The exact opposite is the truth. And the last, ladies and gentlemen, is the coup de gras, the cherry on top. It is the worst. It's a pregnant woman sitting in a chair who happens to be black, receiving, having already received, I should say, at least that's the implication, a COVID shot or a flu shot. And she's there to now receive, again, the same shot, or the opposite shot, rather, in the same visit. Two shots in the same visit. Okay, you've had your COVID shot, now how about we get you that flu shot? They're murdering people. <laughs> I just, I'm losing my mind here. I'm losing it. They're murdering people. They don't see this. They don't get this. These pharmacists don't understand this. Who in the hell watches that commercial and believes a word of it? It is, like I said, the worst commercial I've ever heard in my life. It's terrible. I'm sure there are worse ones I haven't heard yet. Send them to me. I'll watch them. But this one takes the taco. This one is awful. It's awful. They are advocating for the murder of endless people and everybody who takes these. Honest, including the unborn. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, what, what, is go what is happening? What is happening? It's continuing to happen. These companies aren't learning. They don't care. They've been involved in this from the start. It's just horrible. Absolutely horrible. And if you get on YouTube and you watch any of these other Walgreens commercials and stuff, what are they doing? These alleged pharmacists, which I'm starting to doubt that the people in those commercials are actual pharmacists. But in some of those videos, they're just referencing the CDC blindly. Well, the CDC recommends, therefore, we just do it. It's 2022 now. It's the latter half of 2022, and this is still happening. I'm telling you, 
There have to be some kind of arrests to wake people up. The Fauci's have to be publicly, publicly arrested, publicly tried, and publicly hung. And it's not just him. It has to be the CDC director, the FDA director. It has to be all of these people in order to wake people up. Scoop up Deborah Burks and hang her from her own scarf. I'm dead serious. This is the only th- I mean, prosecute them first, clearly, because it's evident that they knew what was, what was going on. But they're not calling for the end of any of this. They're just rolling it out further. Blows me away. But they're psychopaths, so what do we expect? Okay. Uh, here's the Substack article that Cicely sent me. It is from the channel The Defeat of COVID. And it is titled, Vaccinated Athletes Perform Worse Than Controls. This is from Colleen Huber, NMD. The subtitle is, I'm a co-author of this peer-reviewed article just published. Sports coaches had commented to us that vaccinated student-athletes were all performing worse, so we investigated. Pretty evident, but, you know, whatever. I'm going to read through this because it's, it's, it's worth the read. Uh, let's see. There's approximately seven references. And as you've heard me say in these studies, these references are minimal compared to a typical published study because there's not a lot of, in- I mean, there, there is a lot of info out there about the harm of these shots. But uh, the, the reference sections are going to get larger, is my point. In the long run, they will certainly increase. It says the following, quote, Abstract. High school and middle school athletes were observed retrospectively following vaccination with mRNA COVID vaccines. Of 20 student athletes, half were vaccinated and half were not, according to their parents' prior choices. In this study, we compare sports performance of vaccinated versus unvaccinated student athletes doing the same activities. We also compare the sports performances of vaccinated student-athletes with their own sports performance prior to vaccination. The observed changes post-vaccination can be helpful to illustrate the cardiovascular changes that occur with COVID vaccination. It then says introduction. A preponderance of evidence is accumulating with regard to the injuries and deaths correlated with COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this was back on January 22nd. Uh, So the study was probably conducted, yeah, it was conducted in 2021, clearly. Uh, It says clinical studies that document this phenomenon now number in the hundreds. Over 1,500 types of adverse events, many of them known to be permanently disabling with over a total of 158,000 adverse reactions, have been found after administration of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. And the reader is encouraged to read the list of these in the last nine pages of the Pfizer report linked here. It says the Pfizer document was not made available to the public by the FDA, and the FDA argued that it should be sealed for 55 years and then for 75 years, but rather It was forced to be released in December of 2021 by court order. Of course, you've heard me read through some of those documents. It says the overall risks of severe injury and deaths from COVID vaccines have alarmed physicians and scientists all over the world. Renowned immunologist and microbiologist Dr. Sukrit Bhakti and pathologist Dr. Arne Burkhart, if I'm saying that right, have summarized these vaccines' causative role in deaths after vaccination. Autopsy results showed more cardiovascular derangement than for any other organ. Increased inflammation markers correlate with COVID vaccines, and it is thought that the sudden deaths among athletes during 2021 since the widespread use of the COVID vaccines is mostly due to severe cardiac or cardiovascular pathology. It then says methods and results. Two sports coaches were interviewed regarding performance of their teenage student-athletes. On questioning, we learned that there are 20 student-athletes with shared training time among the two coaches. Fifteen of these student-athletes are high school students, and the rest are younger. It says the student-athletes spoke freely and informally with their coaches 
about who received the vaccine the vaccine and how they felt afterwards and who did not receive any vaccines the student athletes parents choices regarding vaccination of their children were unknown to the coaches or to us until after those injections the parents choices regarding vaccination of their children has had spontaneously formed an experimental group versus a control group with no with none blinded it says strict anonymity is observed regarding the student athletes their parents their coaches and their schools due to the range of emotional responses towards vaccination and unvaccinated people that has been encouraged over recent months by political leaders such as Joe Biden Emmanuel Macron and Justin Trudeau please it then says uh, there was no comparison study in the two groups planned before or at the time of data collection. The two coaches who spoke to us on condition of anonymity for all involved retrospectively observed the following of the COVID vaccinated student athletes, and we report we report their findings in this retrospective study. It says number one, none of the vaccinated student athletes are competing up to their own previous level. All are performing worse than in 2020 in the assessments of the two coaches. Number two, none of the vaccinated student athletes can endure the same exercise drills for the same amount of time that they used to tolerate prior to vaccination. Number three, recovery from exertion took longer in the vaccinated student athletes than before vaccination and took longer than in the unvaccinated. Number four, after the injections, most or all of the vaccinated student athletes talked about one or more of the following reactions after vaccination. A, chest pain. B, dizziness. C, seeing stars. D, feeling as if they would faint. E, shortness of breath. The student athletes talked freely and spontaneously about the above symptoms without anyone taking notes at the time. There was no prompting from coaches about reporting of symptoms. It says number five, the vaccinated girls are now beating vaccinated boys in competition whom they could not do well against last year. This change was unexpected and was considered unusual by the coaches. Transhumanism. See that? That's the transhumanist aspect of this also. It sneaks its way in, but it's right there. It then says 1, 2, 3, and 5 are still observed in all of the vaccinated student athletes up to several months after the earliest student athletes were vaccinated. In contrast, the unvaccinated student athletes had none of the foregoing symptoms or deficits in sports performance or decline in sports endurance as observed by the two coaches and continue to improve in their endurance and performance as expected by the coaches. Discussion. It says, quote, Athletes may be expected to, ha to have more robust circulation during exertion while sedentary and generally increased blood flow than is seen in sed sedentary individuals. Such enhanced circulation during high activity or exertion serves the purpose of supplying the increased oxygen needs of the body and increased metabolic activity that exertion requires. To increase blood flow requires increased cardiac output and atrial vasodilation. With high cardiac output, these, uh, there arises increased demand for and the supply of coronary artery blood arterial blood flow rather it says coronary arterial vasodilation is regulated by autoregulatory mechanisms as well as neurological vascular intervention mediated by the autonomic nervous system and hormones that serve to adjust vasodilation versus vasoconstriction as physical activity requires the mrna covid vaccines begin a process of spike protein production throughout the body. Spike protein affects the ACE2 receptors in the vascular endothelium uh, serve to vasoconstrict. The result may obstruct the body's supply of increased blood flow and oxygen, 
just when the demands are greatest during exertion. It says spike protein-associated immune and inflammatory factors can also affect paravascular and paraarterial cells, as well as CD8 and NKT cell infiltration. All of these can reduce coronary vasodilation. Further compounding the problem of blood delivery to uh, peripheral and coronary tissues are the spike protein positions and effects. Junting from the endothelial surface, spike proteins are docked onto ACE2 receptors. These are thought to adversely affect blood flow through turbulent rather than laminar flow. As stagnant blood pools, the clotting cascade begins ubiquitously throughout the body. Such microclotting thickens and slows the blood, which would further impair the delivery of blood and oxygen to the capillary beds in the heart and in the periphery. Thus, coronary blood flow can be adversely affected by high viscosity, which is also caused by spike protein-induced RBC aggression from adhesion through CD147. It then says, as a result, the heart is burdened to push a more vicious liquid than normal blood flow through the body's arterioles and capillaries. It says the above described mechanisms further described here, link, create obstacles to optimal blood flow and would necessarily affect all recipients of spike protein generating COVID vaccines. We therefore must recommend avoidance of any of the COVID vaccines by any child or young adult with current or future plans to engage in physical exertion, unquote. Okay. Again. The article, very informative, without a doubt, concludes, I think, uh, by missing, missing the mark. It, mix, it misses the mark barely, but, but it misses it nonetheless. It drives me up the wall when people age-restrict these vaccinations. They're not vaccinations, it's a bioweapon. That's number one. Number two, when they say something like what you just heard them say, if you're young, you shouldn't take it. No, no one should take this. Ever. Ever. The damage is done. Again, if somebody hasn't fallen over dead yet, they don't. I, I guarantee that if they tried to physically exert themselves, they wouldn't be able to do what they could possibly have done in the past, as this article clearly proves. You're taking two groups of individuals, albeit small groups, but two groups of individuals nonetheless, of young, healthy, strong age. Now boost the age. Make them older. Put them in their 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever you want. There's no way that they'll be able to physically exert themselves the way that maybe they previously did. Maybe they were exercising individuals. Maybe now all of a sudden they don't exercise so much anymore. Why is that? Did they take the jabs? This is an interesting observational point that I think needs to be made. And, and you can do this again in your own lives. Observe who's taken the jabs and who used to be thinner and exercise. And then pay attention as to whether or not they're getting bigger. Are they not exercising as much? Why, why not? Again, these are visual observations and even the occasional casual question that could be asked among a number of individuals. But what this proves, of course, and we've known this for a very long time, is that there's no way that individuals who took these shots are going to be anything like what they used to be. Again, it is, you're kicking the dominoes over with this. There's no putting them back. So, as far as student athletes are concerned, and, and, and even K 12 school environments, and again, those at the college level, this is something that we have to see also. Um, I, I, I'm certain that more student athletes, again, are going to start falling down and losing consciousness and unfortunately dying on the fields of play, even during live broadcasts. 
I, I'm shocked thus far that we haven't seen it quite like quite like we figured we would, but never discount the I mean, we know that it's happened and there's endless videos and I've read the articles and, and brought up the specific people to say the least. We, we know what's going on, but I, I would say don't discount do not discount rather the media's ability to cover them up when they actually happen. You know, a, a player, a college player, for example, college football player falls flat on their face and then the cord gets pulled and they just pull the broadcast as quickly as they can and go to commercial. And maybe the commercial breaks a little longer than usual. Maybe they go into the booth and they decide to talk to the analysts and, and the TV broadcasters about, you know, how the game is going after they scoop up a particular player and, and take them off. And maybe they just say something like, well, there was an injured player on the field, we got to take a break, and, you know, that's it. But they're not going to comment on how they were doing chest compressions, uh, giving them a defibrillator because they, they weren't conscious, they had no heartbeat. You know, these are the things, again, that the media itself is going to have to try to hide. So... I think it's worth understanding that they, it's in the realm of a possibility where they, of course, are going to be doing that. Again, we've also seen footage of them actually doing that, in particular on the, the, the soccer fields, for example, in the field of European play. We've seen them pull the plug when an announcer says, well, I wonder if they took the COVID shots, and then boop, you know, they, pull, they pull that plug, and then that's it. Then they go to a commercial break, and then they come back, and it's business as usual. Where it's going to be more observable is not only there, I suppose, but even more observable within the K-12 environment. You're going to have less participation in sports play among those that are jabbed. That has to be a thing that people can observe, in particular those that work within K-12 environments. All of a sudden, you know, the baseball team is having trouble getting players. All of a sudden, the football team is, is down a few players, and now they can't, uh, they can't play games because they don't have enough players. Again, this is an important study, and this was back again in January of 2021. I'm sorry, January of this year. The study itself took place during December of 2021, if not before then, the fall of 2021. I, don't, I just don't see this getting better, is, is my point. And again, the CDC can roll back all of, all of the, the mask mandates they want. They can roll them back in hospitals and nursing homes, and they can gaslight everybody as much as they want to gaslight people. They're not tricking those of us who are awake. They just aren't. But the war continues nonetheless, doesn't it? I mean, the war continues nonetheless. It just, it just continues to roll out. Uh, again, as you heard me say in this particular episode, the commercials are an abomination. The propaganda is in an all-time high. It's, it's, I, I don't think it's going to get better. I don't think it's going to ease up in any way. I would just encourage people to continue to use their eyes and ears. You know, God gave us two of them on purpose, two eyes and two ears and only one mouth. And as much as you hear me talk on this show, of course, I'm an introverted guy. I can go all day without saying a word because I just love using my eyes and ears and, again, driving around and seeing how people are behaving and what they're doing and whatever else. Again, people are still wearing masks. It's still happening. But the war still continues, ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt. Again, I fully understand a lot of people are waking up, and that's a great thing. In fact, uh, A.J. Gochik, a former guest on the show, uh, just texted me, and he, and he said, again, a, a friend of his, uh, who's a president of a Florida college, is is waking up more and more to the woke stuff. Just waking up to it and understanding it's remarkably problematic. And they're even going head-to-head -head with some of the professors, apparently, who work there who are still masking and still trying to push for masks. I mean, think about that one. Here we are, 2022, the latter half of 2022. You have a, a semi-to-awake college president going head-to-head -head with, with professors and, and employees in the, in the actual college that are still wearing masks. And, and, and they themselves are trying to get everybody else to wear masks as much as humanly possible. And the president is saying, no, you've lost it. You've lost your minds. This has to stop. This woke agenda 
this Marxism, this Bolshevism, it, it has to end. So there are people waking up, which is a beautiful thing. But that doesn't mean the war is over. It still continues, without a doubt. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend, and I'll catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.